people want to be part of a winning culture. So when they're in the room and the coach is shouting out all these wins, they're like, man, everyone here is winning. I better start winning too. I need to get on board with the program. From day one, if I walk in and a coach says, you're down 10 pounds, right? That's the most pushups you did without taking a break. You're like, I can't wait for my shout out. And people want to be part of winning cultures, right? Creating events that they can pretty much say, I advocate for this gym is really important, but also looking through the lens of the people not doing it, they're not advocates. And the people that aren't advocates are gonna be the most likely to cancel. These people probably need to get loved up and your team, they go for the advocates. We're all over them. We're building relationships with them and we kind of outcast the other ones. Those are the ones that we need to go after. It's the people that walk into your gym and they're in the corner with their arms folded. Those are the ones your coaches need to go talk to and get them to feel like they're, they're involved. And guess what? They don't feel good when they come to your gym. So your job is to engage them and make them feel like they belong. Because at the end of the day, our entire business is about how we make people feel. Welcome to the Fitness Empire Podcast, where we show gym owners how to dominate their competition and build a massively profitable fitness business. Dustin and Matt collectively own 12 gyms and have a combined 30 years of experience in the fitness industry. They're here to help gym owners create an empire of impact and income. Hey guys, we got some exciting news for you. So I wanted to just start off the episode with a bang and that is me and Matt have our next in-person experience for you guys. And that is gonna be the next domination workshop at Matt's facilities in Michigan. So we got the dates locked in, grab a pen, make your note on your phone. We are gonna be doing this on March 14th, 15th and 16th. And it's gonna be domination workshop large group mastery all right so we're going to be focusing on models that are a large group format business so that could be boot camp group training where you're just pretty much getting over 15 people in a room and giving them a workout this uh workshop is going to be specifically for you and so this is going to be something we're going to go into all the areas of this style of business marketing uh recruiting team members the day-to-day -day experience and operations for the clients uh, retention, sales, everything you guys need. We literally go deep into every single subject. So when you leave, you have literally a roadmap to build a million dollar large group training business. Matt, am I missing out on anything that you want to add on there? No, one of the, the things that we want to do is make sure that we, we literally dot every I cross every T when it comes to large group training. Um, you know, my background, I've been able to grow four large group training studios to over a million dollars. And we're going to literally break down everything. Uh, so we're holding nothing back. We're going to teach you every aspect of the large group training model and how to succeed inside of that. And it really doesn't matter. Like Dustin said, like, I don't care what large group training franchise you're in. You're going to be able to take so many tangible things away of how to improve your products and really grow your business. Um, and if you want to scale, um, I was able to scale to 10 locations. If you want to scale, we'll also teach you how to to scale that model as well. So everything in a three-day period, we're going to give you everything that we got, um, and you're going to leave blown away with all the value that, that you received with that. So stay tuned. We'll give you guys more detail. We'll have a sales page coming up soon, um, and those spots are going to go really quick. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, guys, we're going to dive into this week's topic and we want to get back to basics. We're preaching that probably to our clients in our facilities, 
We're probably thinking about it in our own lives with our goals for the new years. So why not apply it to business? So me and Matt decided today we're going to cover the big three. All right. And so what is the big three? These are the biggest knobs you could turn in your business that are going to make it grow exponentially throughout the year and, and really have the biggest influence on your business. Because we get overwhelmed with the amount of metrics. People say you should know this, you should know that, you should have a spreadsheet with 20 numbers. Well, we have gotten it down to these being the biggest three influences. And it kind of goes nicely that, you know, it's going to be a large group training topic. And we just brought up that, you know, workshop. So this is just like one of the subjects we're going to help you guys with. But one of the benefits is we can only verbally guide you through it at the workshop. There's papers being put in your hands. There's, there's spreadsheets being shared to your drive. Like you are going home with tools to then take it to the next level. And so the big three is the three that we recommend you look at every single month and decide which one is the lagger and which one you're going to spend some time kind of turning that knob and improving it. And so that is what we want to talk about today. So Matt, I'm going to let you get us rolling, man. And the reason why we wanted to, to cover this topic, like Dustin said, back to basics, but oftentimes the beginning of the year, we're setting goals. We're like, what do we want to change? Where do we need to improve upon? You know, in reality, we should be doing that all the time, but we know that January 1st has a magical uh, power to to do that for us. So we want to make sure that we're we're using logic um, from our numbers and understanding our numbers and where do we need to improve and where do we need to get better inside of our business. And one of the things to think about is is looking at what happened in 2023 first, right? So let, let's go back and recap. What did that look like? So beginning of the year, what was your beginning EFT? So what was your 2023 EFT? And then where did it end? Right. So ending, you know, uh, December 31st, uh, 2023, where did it end? Did you grow? Did you not grow? Did you, were you stagnant? Was there any growth? Right. So let's get real with what happened throughout the year. And then looking at where did we start with memberships? Where did we end at memberships? Were we positive? Were we negative? Uh, typically, if your EFT went up, probably you, you gained some members, right? But depending on what you do with paid in fulls inside of your business, that also can affect where that EFT went with it. So you could essentially, if you're taking a lot of paid in fulls, your EFT could have not grown, but your membership could have grown, which obviously is positive growth for your locations. How many trials did you get for the entire year through your business? And the reason why that is important is because we really want to get an average trial uh, for per week, an average trial for for the month, uh, because trials are one of the big three that we're going to talk about. But what is your your average trials weekly and monthly? So if you take your all your trials for 2023, which hopefully your CRM easily tracks that for you, if you're looking at weekly divided by 52, that would be your trials per week, uh, or divide by 12, that would give you your trials per month. So we need to know that number because that might be one of the numbers that is affecting the growth inside of your locations. Uh, then we want to look at total cancellations and look at obviously the the attrition inside of your business for, for the entire year. But really the most important attrition percentage right now is going to be your trailing three months. So what was your trailing three months of attrition? Because really that's what you're bringing in to uh, 2024 with you is what's been happening in the last three months inside of your business. And then the other thing that we want to look at is uh, what was your trial conversion percentage for the entire year? And then also what is your trial conversion percentage for the last three months? 
because obviously the entire year tells the entire picture, but you're also bringing in your trial conversion percentage into January with you as well. And we really want to know those numbers. So when we do an audit, and if you ever want a free audit, you can go to gymaudit.com and we'll give you a free audit. There is very limited spaces to do that. But last year I did almost a hundred audits and all I do is I go through those big three numbers and I easily can unlock at least $50,000 in revenue inside of your business because oftentimes it's very glaring that one of these three things is off. And then once you know what is actually off, it's very easy to make some, some changes that make a massive difference inside of your business. The last kind of things you want to look at is what is your hold list? Uh, do you have a lot of holds? And oftentimes people do have a lot of holds. When I was not on top of my holds list, I had 120 in one location at one time. 120 people on hold. Now, mind you, that location had 800 members, but 120 people on hold is is a lot of money. There's a lot of boot camps out there that don't have 120 members. We had 120 yeah. of them on hold. And part of that is because we didn't have a hold process. And anyone that wanted to go on hold went on hold. And most of them went on hold indefinitely. Uh, and we think it's better than cancellations, but it's no different. It takes away from from your EFT, right? And then your average EFT per client. So take your total EFT divided by uh, the whatever your revenue on or how many clients you have. Sorry, take your total EFT divided by clients. And that gives you your average value of your members on EFT. And obviously, if you're not charging a lot of money, might want to look at changing your pricing structure inside of your, your locations. Um, and then taking what is the total CRM that you have. So how many people could you communicate to right now if you wanted to? Like, could you email out? Could you text blast out? How many people are you able to communicate to? Because uh, the truth be told, a lot of you are sitting on a gold mine in your CRM and you're doing nothing to try to bring them into your business. I do audits all the time and I'll be like, how big is your email list? And people will be like, three, four, 5,000. And I'll ask how many times, like how often do you email out? And they'll be like, pretty much never. And I'm like, do you like being broke? Right? <laughs> They're like, I'm not really that big of a dick. That's just what I think about in my head. Um, so with that, like a lot of them are sitting on three to five trials at least a week that they could be coming in if they were willing to email out one to two times a week. And sometimes that's just, I don't know what to email. I don't know what to do. So being able to talk through what they could be doing. Um, and I'm a big believer and Dustin's a big believer in this is there's not one size fits all when it comes to your business. Everyone has different skill sets and abilities. So being able to match a strategy with your skill set and your ability is what's going to make you successful, not just one size fits all. And it doesn't match your skill set or ability, then you're being set up for, for failure. So those are kind of the, like the big things to, to be thinking about. But, but the big three metrics are trials, trial conversion, and attrition percentage. If one of those is off, it is massively going to sabotage your growth. But the cool part is, just a 10% increase in any one of those metrics, like 10% better can make a massive difference inside of your business as well. So with trials, you should be getting 20 to 40 trials a month. If you're not getting 20 to 40 trials a month, unless you have like no members, it's going to make growth very, very, very difficult for your locations. So are you in growth mode? Are you in maintenance mode? Um, but most people always want 
want to grow, right? And if you want to grow, oftentimes, in order to do that, you always have to outpace your attrition. But 20 to 40 is kind of the benchmark of where you need to be every single month. Um, and a lot of people didn't grow at the end of November and December. Why? Because they didn't get any, they didn't get many trials and their attrition was probably really high. And I would imagine out of the trials that they did get, their trial conversion was pretty low as well. So trials, 20 to 40 a month, trial conversion, if you're not at least above 50%, you have a product problem. Something is is broken, right? You're also probably going to have a sales problem. We'll talk about some of the things to be looking at here in just a second. But trial conversions really tell a story of your product and your sales process. If it's less than 50%, and I'm not even saying 50% is good. I'm just saying that's the bare minimum. You know that you have a product and a sales problem instantly if you're not at least 50%. Yes. And we need to start there because if you get a bunch of trials, but then you don't convert any of them, then we're playing the wrong game, right? That the goal of a trial is to convert them to a member. And then the last part of the big three is attrition. The goal of getting a member is then to get a member to stay. You need all three of these things to grow a really, really, really big business, right? Because if you're great at trials and you're great at trial conversions, but your attrition's 10%, how are you going to outgrow a 10% attrition rate? Like this is very, very, very hard. Like you need to be getting 50, 60 uh, trials and you need to be converting 70 to 80% to outpace a 10% uh, attrition for, for most gyms, right? Because if you got... Yeah. 300 members and you got 10% attrition, you're losing 30 people a month. If you have 400 members, you're losing 40 people a month. If you have 500 members, you're losing 50 people a month, right? So as Ooh. you grow, that attrition really starts to add up more and more and more and more and more and more and more, right? So like, where do you have issues inside of your business? And even with attrition, there's some simple things that you can do to lock your attrition down. Very simple thing. So we'll talk through some of these things and these are just the lens that we look through the business through. Um, as we get into business basics, I just want to remind you of there's three ways to make more money in your business. More clients, which everyone's always chasing after, right? Increase the frequency of payment, getting them to pay you more. So if you go from monthly to weekly, you just increase the, the frequency of payments um, and then increase how much your clients pay you right? So you can increase rates, which I'm not the biggest fan of increasing rates in the fitness business because I've tried it. In the fitness business, the fastest way to piss people off is to to increase your rates. So if you are going to increase your rates, I'd recommend just doing it on new clients uh, coming through your doors. Uh, but increasing the frequency of payments, um, how often they're paying you, can you get them paying on different things? So how do we increase the LTV of that client without necessarily increasing their membership rate? That's where like challenges come in or nutrition, um, or different things throughout your facility that you can get your clients to to pay you more money. But those are the only three ways to to make more money inside of your business. So if you're like, hey, I want to grow in 2024, I want more revenue and more profit. You also want to look through that lens of, you know, obviously more clients, which is what we're talking about with trials, trials, conversions, and nutrition. How do you increase the frequency of payment? How do you get them to pay you more often? And then how do we get them to pay us more money, right? But I'm a big believer. If you're going to want more money, you got to provide more value. 
Oftentimes we want more money without increasing the value, right? Because would you put like a a specific, like almost like like X, like you know, it's like two X, four X, five X, because it's like more value is just like so vague, and you know, someone could say, "Well, I'm giving them an extra PDF, or I'm giving them ten more minutes on their workouts." Like, what what what's in your head, Matt? When you think of adding more value to raise prices. But all, always goes back to value equation. So if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you will know I always talk about the value equation, right? So when we look at what's valuable to the consumer, we got to look at what's their desired outcome That's... and then what's the likelihood of achievement. So if we're adding value, it needs to make it more likely that they're going to get the result quicker, faster, with less effort, right? Because on the bottom of the value equation is time delay. So how quickly can we get it? The faster I can get you a result, the more value there's going to be. And then how do I reduce the pain, sacrifice, and effort required to do that? So if you're running a challenge, we, we're pretty much all weight loss challenges, right? So we got the desired outcome. We're going to help you lose 10 to 30 pounds in the next six weeks. Um, we've helped a thousand people get the desired outcome that you want. We have the social proof. So the likelihood of achievement when you sign up for that challenge is going to be really high. And then we're going to get you really fast results. Like our nutrition plan melts fat really fast, right? Like how do you get them quick, fast results with as little sacrifice and effort as humanly possible? Um, Those all lead to you being able to charge more money. So when you position anything to your clients, if you say, hey, I'm just going to give you a PDF or 10, 10 more minutes of workouts, Guys, like 10 minutes of workouts might actually decrease the value of your product because now you're asking them to take even more time. Or time or sacrifice. Even more, right? Uh, But if you position, hey, those 10 more minutes are going to get you better, faster results, then you can position the 10 minutes as as maybe adding more value. So you just got to be careful of like more is not more valuable, right? Because- Unless more relates to I'm going to achieve my desired outcome and it makes it more likely I'm going to achieve my desired outcome in less time with less sacrifice and less effort and less pain, more might actually decrease the value uh, of your program because they're like, well, I can't commit to that. I'm not going to be able to do what you're asking me to do because you're putting way too much on my plate. You go, well, I'm, I'm giving you all these things. We all know that overwhelm is not value, right? And if I internally do not believe I can do what you're asking me to do, I will either not sign up for it or it's going to decrease the value of what we're trying to do. This came up specifically because I we do, you know, 45-minute small group sessions and we talked about raising the price and then we presented the question, what can we do to add more value and blow the client's minds? And the question a coach brought up was, why do we make the workouts longer? Why do we go full hour? And I had to give the exact talk you gave, Matt, which is that is only going to increase MIAs. People will now miss their session more because they don't, they can't find a time to squeeze the hour in. 45 is already a, a jump for a lot of people. And then you're going to get a lot more no's on conversion, both on the trial and the membership because of the time commitment. And beginners probably can't even hang most of the time for an hour. And that's typically who we coach is, is beginners. And so I said, if we follow that same logic, that means a trader could charge $1,000 for a four-hour session. And it's like, does more always mean better? No, right? Like, otherwise, all the traders have four-hour sessions and charge $1,000. So I was like, stopping people in their thought process 
and kind of challenging them a little, but doing it educational and then bringing them back to, like you said, the value equation. So value there's, there's a lot of, obviously we have a lot of fit body bootcamp clients and they do 30 minutes. And sometimes people are like, well, Orange Theory does 60 minutes and F45 does 45 minutes. And like how are, I think is burn bootcamp 45 minutes or is it an hour? Right. I don't remember, but like, so they look at them and they're like, oh my God, they, they provide more. I'm like, no, you need to go all in on the 30 minutes that we get you as good of results right. in 30 minutes or less because we know That's... you're busy, right? So like you are going to attract people that want to get results but don't want to have to be at the gym for 45 minutes to, to 60 minutes. So instead of thinking that's a disvalue to them and that lowers the value and somehow the everyone's better because they offer more time, you need to go all in on the message of, hey, we get you just as good of results in 30 minutes. If you can get just as good of results in 30 minutes, why would you want to be at the gym for 45 to 60 minutes? Because here's the truth, everybody. We already know this. They're not us. Like the gym for us, we love the gym. We like going to the gym. It's like our sanctuary. It's our uh, stress release. We get like we enjoy going to the gym. It's part of our lifestyle. Most people dread going to the gym. So how do we decrease the the friction and make it as easy as possible for them to to get there, right? So you know, with that, you don't want it to be too little of time where you can't really get them the results or you're cutting out stuff that's going to be important that helps them get results. But an hour, you know, ultimately isn't better uh, than 30 minutes, assuming they get very similar results uh, because we know the science is compliance, right? If you have an hour workout, but people come two days a week versus you have a 30 minute workout and people come five days a week because it fits better in their, their, their schedule. What do you think is going to produce better results? I'm going to go all day with a five times 30, right? And then guess what? On the days that you work out, you're more likely to eat better versus if you only come two days a week, that means that there's five days a week that you're not working out and you don't have the influence of your workouts. Because when you work out, you're like, hey, I worked out. I don't want to ruin it. I want to eat better versus um, I didn't work out today. So screw it. I'll eat the whatever that they want to eat, right? So with that, you can you can provide value, but part of it too is you got to create the value and show the value to to your clients. So if you're letting them create the meaning of the value that you're providing, oftentimes you're going to lose. So you need to be able to message the the value, right? You create the meaning. Great leaders create the meaning behind whatever it is that you're trying to sell. Um, and the greatest example of this, and it goes back to like a PDF type of analogy, uh, one summer, we were doing a program and the program, the whole goal of the program was to keep clients consistent during the summer because that often is the time that you have the biggest drop off. People are going on vacations. You got the highest food temptation, right? So we had this game board that we're going to have them do for, for the summer and they get points and, and, and the goal is to keep their head in the game. And our coaches initially, because I didn't do a good job of teaching them like, this is how you need to be talking about it. And this is the value of it. They pretty much on the mic were like, Hey, we have this game board and it's $50. And how many people do you think signed up? Nobody. They did not see any value in paying $50 for a freaking game board. Right? Like that's ridiculous. So then I had to go in and message like, Hey, the goal of this is to keep you on track and this is how it's going to help you. Um, you know, and, and obviously for them, the value wasn't losing weight. The value was not getting off track and not gaining weight and, um, you know, pretty much 
eliminating all the results that they've worked so hard for. That was the value that this game board for $50 was going to do for them. And then when we actually communicated what was value to the consumer, we had, I think we made, it was like ten or $12,000 off that game board, right? So with that, at 50 bucks a pop. So we got hundreds of people uh, to do the game board, but before we actually messaged it correctly, we had freaking crickets in my team. Like no one wants to do it. And I'm like, what are you guys telling them? And then they told me and I was just like, my jaw dropped. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Um, so how you position things, you get to create the meaning and the value of what it is. But what we think is valuable and oftentimes how we communicate the value is often not correct. So always look through the value equation. It will help you make decisions uh, 1000% of the time. And that kind of goes into to the big three. When we look at trial conversion, right? Like, are we providing enough value for people to, to sign up um, and looking through the lens? Like, do they actually think your product is going to help them achieve their desired outcome? And if they believe that your product is going to help them achieve the desired outcome, they will probably sign up. But if you're never communicating how your product is going to help them get their desired outcome and you're just making them assume and fill in the gaps, you're going to lose. And that's sometimes the problem with, hey, one free workout, three free workouts, and they just get to schedule and show up. And then you think they're going to figure out the value of 150 to $200 a month when they can just show up and work out at Planet Fitness for 10 right? Because if their only perception of your value is a workout, then you're going to lose. You got to be able to show them how your program, not your workout, how your program is going to help them change their life. And we'll talk about some things here in just a second, but let's start with trials. So when you do, when you think about auditing your business, again, we start with the big three, because if they're good, you don't need to go downstream. If they're off and they're wrong, then we got to go downstream and go, hey, what's broken uh, and what's what do we need to fix, right? So, you know, with trials, if you're getting five to 10 trials a week, you know, obviously that that's really good. If you don't like, if you're at five and you don't like five, then you got to go downstream again. But if you're between five and 10 a week or you're averaging between 20 and 40 a month, then most likely you don't have a marketing issue. Could it improve? Could it get better? Could you spend more money on ads? Uh, could you do a better job email marketing? Could you, you know, like do more guerrilla marketing? If you don't know what guerrilla marketing is, go back a couple podcasts. Uh, we got a lot of great feedback on that that episode. Is okay. How do we, you know, be able to get more people through our doors? So if we think about downstream of marketing, we got to start with we got to generate a lead, right, of some capacity. Then we need to take that lead and convert them into a uh, a trial. So are you getting leads? Like if you're not getting people through your doors, we got to look at what you're doing with your current CRM, with your current leads that you have through the doors. But when you generate a new lead, what is going to be your, your marketing process? If you're selling via a sales page, like what's the offer look like, right? What's your ads look like? Because like even with that, if we're reverse engineering uh, selling via a page, it starts with an ad. Does your ad actually get people to click 
to go to your sales page. If your ad sucks and your click-through rate sucks, then we need to fix your ads, right? It's the ad is the problem. But assuming your click-through rate on the ad is okay, now let's go to your sales page. What conversion percentage on your sales page do you have? Typically cold traffic, three to 5% is going to be considered good, right? So three to 5% conversion on a sales page to cold traffic is good. So, you know, you have those things in place, but if your sales page is converting like 1%, then you know that your offer sucks and we need to change the offer or something is confusing on your sales page and it needs to change. And oftentimes 80% of the work is what's the headline, right? So with that, you could split test, but depending on your marketing process, you have to reverse engineer from the beginning, right? So you can't have a lead follow-up problem if you don't have leads. So marketing obviously starts with generating lead or getting people to, to your sales page and then being able to convert them obviously into a trial. So reverse engineer your process and start from the beginning. How do I get people interested? And then what's the next steps? And then what's the conversion process as you go? Where is it broken, right? Because if you're getting, let's say you're getting 20 leads and you're only getting one person to purchase, that's pretty bad. Um, I would say one in five leads converting to a trial is probably a decent benchmark, but I know, Dustin, that is your your, your field. What would you say is a good benchmark from lead to uh, trial conversion? Yeah, like it's definitely going to be in that 30% range, and it's because like this is cold traffic. Like These are not people who know you. And so if you're hitting that, you're actually doing great. It's usually three-thirds. You know, you got a third who are going to buy a lot of times they are hot, especially if you're sending them to a direct offer, like a trial or a challenge, 30% are going to be maybes. Like if you get a hold of them and 30% are just never going to buy. But those maybes tend to be people who buy down the road. They need more time and nurturing. They're going to buy in 30 or 60 days. So I'm not saying you're going to get 60% of your newest leads to buy your trial this month, but that's kind of the way you want to think about it. And it does come heavily down to the way you nurture. If those th three, three thirds even come true, the people who are getting five or 10%, they send one text and then they're frustrated they don't buy. And so there, there's a process that you gotta have to get the most out of your leads. Hey, gym owners, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Well, I wanted to let you know, we have open enrollment now for the Fitness Empire Mastermind, where we give you everything you need to grow your business. We have done for you marketing campaigns. We even have team trainings where we train your team members for you. And we have a ton of done for you assets and resources, and it's all inside the Fitness Empire Mastermind. We have weekly coaching calls as well, so you can talk to me or Matt directly. And it's a lot different than this podcast where it's just a one-way conversation. We're just talking at you. Well, in the mastermind, we can actually exchange dialogue and we can help you grow your business. And the best part is you get a one-on-one -on -one call with him or myself every single month so we can help you to outline your attack plan to grow your business. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to fitnessempiremastermind.com to apply. Not all gym owners are gonna be a good fit. I just wanna call that out now because we need you to be at a certain level to be able to take action on what we teach. 
And also we got to make sure you're good for the culture within our mastermind. We're very protective that only positive and coachable owners join the program. So if that sounds like something you're interested in, go to fitnessempiremastermind.com to apply. If you are generating leads to then try to get on the phone with them or whatever it may be, I would look at your process, right? Like how speed to lead, how quick are you getting in contact with with, with that lead? Um, One of my coaching clients, he's like, he was struggling with converting people. And he's like, well, truth be told, like, you know, sometimes I do a good job following up. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes I get busy. And I'm like, you just need to make this as simple as possible. Uh, the minute a lead opts in, have it send you a message with their phone number and call them. Like the second that happens, just call them, right? Um, and start that process. And then if they don't purchase, because he uses uh, high level, which is something that we recommend our clients use, it just sets reminders to follow up with that lead so he can't forget. Because if he's in the trenches and he's working you know, on a lot of stuff inside of his business, it's very easy to forget about your leads and not follow up and not not follow process. So the first part would be like, do you actually have a process? And then there's people that they don't, they struggle. And that's literally why Dustin created his business because people struggle with that. So if you're good at marketing and getting leads, but you suck at follow-up, either you need to create a better follow-up system or you need to hire that out so that it's always getting done because that ends up being the weak link inside of your business. So when I do audits, like, Sometimes I can help them and sometimes they just need to go hire the the right the right company. Like if you suck at marketing and you're not getting trials in and you're not getting leads, then you're probably better off finding a marketing company or working with somebody that can help you with with your marketing. Now, if your marketing is good, but then your lead follow-up sucks, right? We just keep going down the line and hopefully you guys can start seeing how we look through the lens of the business. Now, let's assume that's good. We fix that. You know where your problem is. And it's not going to go away unless you solve it, right? So don't just put your head in the sand and go, hey, I know what the problem is, but then you don't put the work in to, to solve it. Next is going to be your trial conversion. So you get trials through the doors. Of the trials that come through the doors, how many convert to membership? So again, if 50% is like the bare minimum of, man, anything less than that, you have a product problem and you have a, a sales problem. Like if you have a great product, I mean... That, that's more than half the battle, right? Sales become easy when you have a great product. And even backing up into your, your marketing side and generating trials, if your product sucks, marketing becomes really hard. So if you're not getting trials, if people aren't responding to your emails, if your email blast thing, if you're not getting referrals, when you do run a challenge and it's crickets, more than likely you have a product problem. You have negative word of mouth and that needs to get fixed. And if you want to go into more detail, listen to the last podcast. Dustin did an awesome job of explaining how he went in and fixed the product inside of that location um, because they didn't have a, a marketing problem. They were getting trials, but they weren't converting because the product was not where it needed to be. So Dustin went and fixed the, the product side of it. Really the goal, especially in large group, if you're doing any type of bootcamp, large group training, you should be 65, 70%. Really? Um, if you're not 65, 70%, then I guarantee you, like there's a lot of things that can be corrected inside of your locations. 
So when we look at trial conversion, there's kind of two ways to look at it. Part of it is what is your sales process? So if you're doing semi-private, most likely you are selling via a, a sales appointment, right? So we need to look at what's our set, what's our show, what's our close? Because I, I talk to a lot of gym owners and they're like, yeah, we close everybody that we meet with. I'm like, that's great. How many trials did you get? And it's like a big trial number. And then they close everybody and you have a big trial number, but you're not close, like you're not growing. But they're not looking at what's their set and what's their show. And oftentimes inside of businesses, it starts with the first one is the set. The set oftentimes is like out of sight, out of mind, or we get to the end of the trial and they're like, oh shit, we need to meet with them. And then they're trying to frantically set people for, for sales appointments. That needs to be the front end of your entire process. Like your day one type of process should be all about setting that appointment and then nurturing that person so that they show up so that they see value in that appointment, right? And when we talk about value, how is that appointment going to make it more likely for them to get their desired outcome quicker, faster, and easier, right? What's the secret sauce that they're going to get at that sales appointment that they need to to show up. If it's just a, you know, a goal setting and nutrition appointment, and that's how you sell it. You're making them create the meaning of what does that even mean? Uh, because at one time inside of our locations, we used to have licensed dietitians that our clients can be with anytime they wanted. You know what the usage of that was? Like 5% of our members used it. They literally were getting a hundred to $200 an hour service included with their membership and very few people actually used it. And the people that did use it were like super users. Because they didn't see the value because they just thought they were going to be told that a banana is better than, you know, whatever it may be, right? Banana is better than a donut. They're like, I already fucking know that. They didn't understand what the value of a nutritionist actually was. Um, so people weren't using it. People weren't showing up. Even though we saw it as high value, we didn't do a good job explaining how it was going to make it more likely for them to get their desired outcome quicker, faster, easier. Um, and we just didn't do a good job of that, right? And a lot of people took it for granted. So let's go back to the beginning. You got to get them to set. So do you have a system and a process to get people to set their sales appointment at the very beginning? And this is why it's important. And uh I don't know when I came across this analogy, but I do one-on-one -on -one coaching with people. And I'm like, did you ever go to college or did you ever go to you know high school? And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, on the first day, you were probably the ideal student. You were paying attention, whatever you, like you showed up on time, you were paying attention. You didn't want to be a bad student. You wanted to make a good first impression and you were scared to death because you didn't know what was going to happen. So your focus and your attention was, you were dialed in. What do you think when you're the most paying attention, that's when you would want them to, to do the most important step? That is when you want to be able to do that, right? So like when you sell somebody or they come in for their first workout or you do an orientation, that is when you want to be setting up the set and also telling them what the value is because they're paying attention at that time. Now, if you want them to show, you need to reinforce the value of, of that meeting and how critically important it is for them to show. So how do we increase value? Again, desired outcome. What, what are we going to do at that meeting? Like, 
relate it back to the desired outcome. And then the way that you show value in that circumstance is likelihood of achievement. Show other people that did your program and got results, right? And the secret sauce was we set them up with a custom plan or whatever it may be at that time. Your show rate is going to be massively higher, but also with your show rate, at a minimum, are you reminding people of this appointment, let alone showing value? And you right. wouldn't believe how many people have no appointment reminders and do nothing to try to get people to show and then wonder why no one shows up. Common sense, but if you want people to show up something, they need to be reminded because I know this is going to like hurt, but you are not that important. We are not that important, right? So like we're the least of importance. Like they got family. They got work, they got stress, they have other obligations, and those are way more important than them showing up for a one-on-one -on -one appointment where they probably know that they're going to get sold something, right? So you really have to build the value and you have to keep reminding them uh, to show up for that. And then ultimately, obviously, if they do show up, what's your close percentage? If you're not closing 80, 90% of people, you have a sales problem. And the reason why I say, and I'm saying of those that show up, because the people that show up, they've paid and they've came out of their way to show up. That means they are motivated. If you're not motivated, you don't show up for this appointment. You don't come in, right? So these are motivated people that are coming to sit down with you. If you're not closing 80, 90% of the people you're sitting down with, you have a sales problem. Um, and oftentimes a sales problem is a conviction problem. Alex Ramosi says this all the time, the best salespeople in the world are the most convicted. Do you truly believe that you can help this person? And oftentimes, if you have a great product, you're going to be convicted. But if your product's not that great, then you're not going to be convicted enough to get that person to, to close. And you're probably not going to overcome objections or be willing to overcome the objections that, that they will have. Right? So... Again, close problem. And sometimes it's just how you structure your sales appointment and some minor tweaks in your sales appointment can make massive difference. But I would say if you're not closing people, I would start at the beginning and go, how much pain are you uncovering? And then how well are you positioning your product as the solution to their problem? And then the last part that makes closing really easy is if you have a strong guarantee. If you have a strong guarantee that you de-risk their commitment, Closing becomes really easy, but if you're making them take on all the risk, then closing becomes really hard and your sales skills have to increase. So the better the guarantee you have and the better you can de-risk them making a yes decision today, the easier closing becomes. So these are all things to be looking at inside of the, the set, the show, and the close. I know, Dustin, this is your world. Is there anything that you want to add to that? So uh, for the set, the show, and the close, definitely I would say number one when it comes to the sets is people don't have enough availability on their calendar that they only work half the day when they're not coaching. And it typically isn't the time of the day when your clients are available. Because most people fitness are morning people. So we love being up early. We'll talk all day early in the morning and we'll meet with people early in the morning. And then we want to turn off work at night and go home to our families. But your customers are usually the opposite. They need to talk at night when they get off work. And so I've heard horror stories where people are frustrated. I hired somebody and they couldn't close anymore and I'd had them work a nine to three. It's like you put them in a place to fail. It's an awful sales period. 
So that would be number one is what's your availability like? like the, you need that a is a, a massive, that is a massive mistake I see, right? Like a lot of people, they will um, set people's schedules based on like what does an employee want or uh, like trying to make that person happy at the Relax. total expense of the business. Yes. So you need to go, what is the business need? And then find okay. somebody that's willing to work that schedule that has the skills. Very true. Because you'll meet someone, you'll love them, but they're like, oh, there's just a thing at night. I have night school. And it's like, oh, immediate elimination. Like, it's not like, oh, let's try to work it out. I don't know. This is where you turn off your problem solving brain and say, this problem cannot be solved. This is a must. Like, we got to we gotta move on. So yeah, good point. Um, in terms of shows, we talked about it already, like, which is a lot of reminders, but I find that you know, you're good with media, Matt, not a gym owner struggle with collecting media, but like if you could have media, that's what people are consuming more than ever. So if you could have transformation photos and you could have client interviews and guys just get them on zoom, you don't have to have a professional camera. You could do two really easy ways to get client, uh, interviews. You could ask, can I interview you on zoom and ask five questions about your experience and then save it and boom, you got your client interview. Second, is it's called user-generated content, all right? It's really popular right now in marketing, UGC, user-generated content. The client takes their own selfie alone, which allows them to do five, 10, 15 different takes till they get it right. And you just say, could you film for me a two to three minute video just explaining how our gym has impacted your life? And then do I have your permission to use it for, for marketing? And if you can get five of those, you know, and you all, everyone's got at least five superstar clients that would do that today if you ask them. These are the things you drip out during your your show uh, campaign that you want them to show. You don't want to say you are awesome. You want other people to say you're awesome. It's like you bringing out to the spotlight your five star reviews. You know, whenever you're gonna buy someone on Amazon, everyone goes and shops that first. You go to Yelp for the restaurant. You look at the reviews. You're saying, "Here's my reviews. I'm not hiding nothing. Here you go." Right, and so. That increases show rates tremendously, but this is the work that owners don't want to do that. Like it's the small little knob, but it makes a massive impact. Like if you multiply your show rate going up 10 or 20% for an entire calendar year, what does your business look like in a calendar year? Because you made one change, right? So it's like, these are the things that matter guys. And then finally close. It's usually comes down to asking enough discovery questions and then having a, a time sensitive offer, right? And so we didn't ask enough about the person. We kind of came in and we're excited. We want to tell them about our program and why we're awesome and how much we know and our certs and how the in-body works and how our programming, they don't care. We Seven minimum is my bar. Discovery questions about them before you pitch. Like that's your your floor is seven questions. And then the, the offer, it has to be time sensitive, meaning it's going to go away. Like if there's something always available, people don't feel a gun to their head to make a decision. So that's why I love challenges because like basically you're manufacturing urgency. Like it starts January 22nd. It starts February 12th. Are you in? Let's make a decision. And so if you don't do your business like that, you can manufacture dates. I just tell most owners, just pick two dates a month that are your start dates and you can just rinse and repeat that every month and poof, you manufactured urgency, right? Um, and so things like that, fast action bonuses, hey, you know, because we, we want to like pass the savings on to you if we don't have to like, reach out to you and bother you a bunch more to you to make a decision today, I'll knock $50 off your first month, right? So like that's me being uh, a giver for you being a fast action taker. So those are just a couple of ways to increase your close. What makes people lose the close is an open-ended statement at the end of the conversation. You know, hit me up when you want to get started. Just let me know, talk to your husband. Just let me know when you want to get going. 
that person walking out the door is a lost sale. So there has to be some sort of, you need to decide soon and then an, a straight up ask, you know, are you ready to get started now? Do you want to start Monday? Like, would you like to join our January 22nd group? Right. Very firm and straightforward and then navigate their concerns as that comes up. But yeah, that would be my best tips for each three. Yeah. And people that have to think about it don't come back. Right. So one of the, the things to add that the fast action stuff that Dustin talked about, but just even being able to say, Hey, let's put it down on a small deposit. And then you can go back and, you know, if, if they're like, Hey, I got to talk to my spouse or whatever it may be. Like you can say, Hey, is this something that, that you're hundred percent interested in? Um, let's just lock down, you know, 50 bucks, a dollar, whatever it may be. Let's lock in your spot. And then if you, after you talk to your spouse and decide it's not right for you, then you know, just call me back and we'll, we'll give you your deposit back. Right. So like try to get a lockdown of any capacity because once you commit to one thing, then you're more likely to, to commit to, to the next thing. Right. So, um, going into the, the next line of things is just your overall experience. What's the value that they are getting, but are they actually using it? And I know this sounds simple, but there's really three things I kind of look at is, are they coming? Right. If you're, they're not using the service, you are never going to sell them a membership in, in anything, no matter how cheap it is. Like if you had a trial to Planet Fitness that's $10 a month and uh, you didn't come during that trial, you're probably canceling even though it's $10 a month, assuming it's easy to easy to cancel, right? And then do we make them feel engaged? How well of a job, how systemized do we have it where, hey, during their 28 days, this is how we want to make them feel. On their first day, how do we want to make them feel? During the 28 days, how do we want to make them feel and get them incorporated? Because oftentimes, if you're doing large group or anything, right, putting a social animal into an environment like that, man, yes. like their teenage brain comes back, right? Like, do people like me? Do I fit in here? What are people thinking about me? There's people that literally sit in the parking lot for 30 minutes, scared out of their, their minds, to come in. I've heard horror stories of people crying in the parking lot because they're so scared about what's about to happen to them. So how quickly can you make them feel like they're a part of our community? Because people, I mean, we're designed to be part of communities, right? We want to belong and we want to be in places where we feel like we belong. And I, I won't lie to you, there's some places that their first day experience does the exact opposite, but it's also training your clients of how do we treat people on their first day and when they're when they're with us, right? Like if you're doing large group and you have stations and you got some people that this is their station and the new person doesn't know any better and they walk in their station and you have some some person but hey, this is my station, like get lost. That shit happens. Like it's very petty and it's very like upsetting that that would ever happen, right? So you got to treat people how to treat people. But their first day, are we making them feel welcome? Are we pairing them up with the right people um, so that they do feel welcome um, and they don't feel like an outcast and they don't feel lost? Like how well are your coaches going up and learning their name and using their name and making sure that they, they feel comfortable during that first day experience? Because first impressions are everything, right? Because there's a lot of people that come to first day and they never come back. So when part of that too is people change by feeling good. Like if you haven't worked out in five years and you come in, like, what do you feel like? Man, like they can't even sit on the freaking toilet, right? They hurt. Everything in their body is screaming, don't go back. 
So we need to understand that that's that's a real uphill battle thing that we are facing. So when we're when we're talking about nurturing them during the twenty eight days, are we even talking about those things, right? But your clients are they going up to new people and be like, hey, congrats on your first day. Like it'll get easier. I promise. Just keep coming. Like some of the the times that made my my heart melt was like clients going up to new people and just giving them encouragement and words of advice and like you can do this like it's going to be okay like i know it sucks right now but it's going to be okay right that's that's the community aspect of it that like if you don't have it like you got to train it you got to tell your people what to expect and how we treat people inside of our locations and then the rest of it is when we think about nurturing like are we showing them the value of our program we want to show them the value of our program no matter if it's a 14-day, a 21-day, or a 28-day. We don't want them creating the meaning of the value of our program. We want to be showing them the value of our program. And then back to what Dustin said, depending on how you're selling, how do you create scarcity and urgency? Like we've closed, honestly, before we've done auto-enroll at orientation. We've done it where we make them an offer that is basically a week-long offer inside of there, but we add urgency. Like, hey, if you sign up by this date, you get X things. If you don't sign up by this date, then you're going to pay full price and you don't get these things. Uh, not waiting till the end, right? And conversion is still high. But if you never have like any urgency or reason to move and you wait until the end, you're not going to convert. So those are things to be thinking about inside of your trials. Uh, anything else you want to add before we move to attrition? No, I think that's hopefully everyone's writing these down and following along with how much impact it has on your business. So take us home. Yeah. Most experts will say 5% or less is is considered a good attrition, right? Um, And and the gap between three or five, there's not a ton, in my opinion, you can do to go from five to three. And and honestly, getting lower than the 3%, like I don't care what the experts say, just just alone in human things happening, you're going to have one to 2% attrition every single month, right? People move, people lose their job. Uh, life events happen that make it where it's literally impossible for them to come in and, and work out with you. Yes. Uh, people are snowbirds. There's just like one to 2% of just shit does happen, right? Now, three to 5%, like you have a really good product. Anything above 5%, there's probably some things that you could be doing or Maybe there's been some cultural changes inside of your locations. And obviously they're seasonal um, and doing a better job with seasonal, right? If you're like, hey, I look at your calendar year and go, where are your highest attrition percentage? Like maybe in December you had 10%, but then I go, what did you do in October, November to look at preventing December attrition? And oftentimes we're very reactive. So even looking at back to basics, if you know summer is bad, if you know winter, like the winter months are bad in your locations, then what are we doing to try to offset that ahead of time? Like events are, are the best, like challenges and events, keeping your people busy, having something to look forward to that's outside of the norm. We're always going to, to be the best inside of that. But again, if I'm not using it, I'm not coming, right? Are you people coming at least three days a week? If your people aren't coming three days a week, what is your process to try to get people to come uh, three days a week. Um, are your people making progress? Or at least are you showcasing people that are making progress inside of your locations, right? So what are some ways 
that we can give people recognition and be able to show them that they're they're making progress inside of our locations. If if clients are stagnant, do a goal setting meeting. But think about that. If you don't have a goal, without a goal, you're not going to be motivated. Tony Robbins says progress equals motivation. So we need to be having things that people are progressing towards and getting excited about. Events do that, right? Like they could be getting ready for an event um, outside of your location. Those people are always going to be good. Uh, challenges are always good to, for progress, right? Um, sessions um, are fine as well, but always having something that you can progress towards. But it's not just them having progression towards it. It's you then being able to recognize people for making progress inside of your locations. That's good for them, but it's also good for your reputation because if you're always showcasing people that are losing weight and getting results um, on social media, in your emails, and even inside of your locations, the clients that aren't, aren't like it's nearly impossible for them to like, you know what, this place sucks. That's why I'm not getting results when everyone else is getting results. It almost makes them have to personally look internal and go, hey, maybe it's on me that I'm not doing what I need to do because um, yeah. this place clearly gets people results. And people want to be part of a winning culture. So when they're in the room and the coach is shouting out all these wins, they're like, man, everyone here is winning. It's almost like social pressure of like, I better start winning too. I need to get on board with the program because everyone here is winning. And you know, from day one, if I walk in and a coach says, man, I'm so proud of you hit 200 sessions today. You're down 10 pounds, right? That's the most pushups you did without taking a break. You're like, I can't wait for my shout out. And then you're like, man, everybody here is winning. You know, again, I, I'm here with a winning culture and people want to be part of winning cultures, right? So there's that too. And being able to recognize people, not just for for massive results, right? Like recognize people for their effort that they're, they're putting in. Um, so we, we have a podcast on the four C's of creating a world-class product. I really recommend going back to that and listening to that um, because there's a lot of things that you can be doing to recognize clients based on what's actually important to that person. But it starts with connecting and really knowing that person and what they want to achieve. So how good of a job are you connecting like your product and their efforts and the things that are doing to the things that actually matter to them? Um, and one of the simplest things that you could do for your, your team to make sure that recognition is happening is after every session have your coach go and do a shout out to a, a member, right? And if you're like, hey, every session's too much, every block of sessions. So 1 a.m., 1 p.m., one client is getting a reach out, whether that's a text, an email, a card, a voice, voice drop, a video, right? And recognizing your members, whether it's for their effort or just appreciation, their energy that they bring, right? And I would have a list of all your clients and make sure that everybody on your list over the course of a quarter is getting hit. Like all they need is that that one thing. Like they're being recognized. They matter. They're being acknowledged. Yes. Like it feels like the coaches care. And that's one simple thing that you could be doing on a consistent basis that is a system that's not overwhelming to, to you and your team. But how well is your team recognizing people? How well is your team doing connecting and complimenting people on what actually matters to them, that stuff is the, that stuff's the game changer. Like, but also attrition. It's back to basics. Are you guys using people's names? Like seriously, if you do a large group training, do people use people's names? Like that alone. Like if you're calling somebody out, 
and somebody's doing battle ropes and you're like, hey, Susie, you're crushing on the battle ropes. You just made that person's entire day. They feel loved. They feel cared for. They feel seen. They feel acknowledged. They feel recognized. But if we're just like, hey, battle ropes, and I mean, it works. They they know that you're talking about them. But if you can use a name and specifically call them out, that is absolutely game changing inside of your locations. Uh, next is engagement. How well are you guys engaging your people? Is it just a workout? If it's just a workout, there's value, but there, there's not a ton of value, right? And you're going to be on the chopping block. So what are you doing to engage them inside of Facebook groups? What are you doing to create relationships outside of just the workouts? But even in the workouts, how well are you engaging members before and after the, the workouts? Is the conversations just like, hey, what's up? Or is it like, hey, how's the kids? Hey, how are things going with work? Hey, how are things going with the plan that we created? Hey, how are things going with the nutrition? Hey, what's your current goal right now? Right? Like, are we having meaningful conversations or are we just having superficial conversations where the clients really know that you're just kind of going through the motions? People know if you care. And I, I, I always say this, the greatest tactic in the world is to care and give a shit. But it's not a tactic because it, people can read you and know that if you actually care and actually give a shit. They know if you actually want to be there. If we go back to the product, does it feel like your team wants to be there? Does it feel like your team really cares about them as an individual? Right? Because I've been, like, I've seen it. I've had team members that they have the skill set, but they don't really feel like being there and they don't really go deep into the relationship side with clients. And they're, you know, it's just, eh. Right? It's not going to make it it. We want to create that it factor. And that it factor is often the give a shit factor and the care factor, right? Like that's the, what makes it it. You can put on a rock concert, but do I really feel like you want to be here? Do I really feel like you care about me? And people are asking that question all the time. Do they actually care about me? And if people feel like you care about them, dear God, they will refer, they will pay, they will upgrade and they will sing your praises because I've seen it, right? So, you know, with that, when we're doing check-ins, do they actually respond? If you send them a, if you send them recognition and you're like, hey, you're a rock star, we love you being here and they don't respond, like that's bad, right? So anytime we're communicating with people um, in a challenge, uh, doing check-ins during their, their trial period of time, if people are not engaging and responding back to you, like that is bad news bears, right? Like how do you feel when you text somebody and you don't get a response in like three days? Like you probably be like, oh man, that person doesn't care about me, right? Or like, what did I do wrong or whatever it may be. You should be thinking about that when you send a, a client a message because if you have a strong relationship with them and they feel like you care, they're going to respond to you. Right. So like that needs to be a, a red flag. The other thing that's a red flag, which wasn't originally on my list, is if an influential person leaves, they're going to bring people with them. Right. So, you know, part of that is uh, one, keeping your influencers happy um, and engaged. That's really important because they bring everybody with them. But if they were to leave, like you need to start going into relationship building with their friends. Um, and really going the extra mile to see what it's going to take to to keep them at your location, right? Because 
now they have comfort somewhere else. And the reason why like people tend to not leave gyms if they're happy is because it, it's comfortable to them. Like they don't like change, but if their best friend leaves and goes somewhere else and says it's awesome, guess what? They got the comfort blanket with them at another gym and it makes it really easy for them uh, to leave. If a coach leaves, same thing. If a coach leaves and goes right across the road, now that client has comfort built in. So I would highly recommend that you guys all have a non-compete. Highly recommend. It's one of the fastest ways for a lot of people to, to exit your business is when a, when a coach leaves, right? Also, when a coach exits for any reason, you're going to see some, some uptick in attrition. So what I'd recommend if a coach leaves, you need to insert yourself heavily into the business and be seen and be having conversations and like really leveraging your relationship capital at that time. And then the last thing to be looking at from a nutrition standpoint is what's the affirmation of your program? Are you getting referrals? If you guys are doing referral events like a friends and family week and nobody's coming, that's a good sign that there is something massively off that needs to be changed, right? Because no one refers somebody to your business and leaves. So if you have people in your business and they're never referring, there's a reason they're not referring into to your business, right? And then reviews. So are you getting reviews? When you ask for reviews or you do a review campaign, do you get people to do it? If if they don't, because that's their goodwill. Like the, the, the thing that people don't want to lose is their status and their goodwill with other people. If you go to a movie and that movie is amazing and you know everybody's going to love it, you, you shout it out, right? You tell people about it. You put it on social media. But then if, if it was eh, you're probably not even telling people you went to a movie, right? You're not talking about it. You're not going to be like, hey, go to that movie. And then people go to it and be like, oh, that sucked. Like that person told me it was good and it sucked, right? So it's the same thing in your, your locations. So when you do referral campaigns, when you do review type of campaigns, what's the interest? Are you getting people to do it? Uh, because those people will stay, right? Because you can't go give us a five-star review on Google and then tomorrow cancel your membership. It just doesn't exist, right? So getting them to promote your business, anyone who's engaged in promoting your business, like even if you do like, hey, do Plank Wars, the people that do the Plank Wars are engaged and they stay. So creating events that they can pretty much say, I advocate for this gym, is really important, but also looking through the lens of the people not doing it, they're not advocates and why they're not advocates. And the people that aren't advocates are going to be the most likely to, to cancel. So you need to look at, hey, these people probably need to get loved up. And your team, guess what? They go for the advocates. They build a relationship with the advocates, the ones that are all in and, you know, are great clients and they're always attending and they're always, you know, doing the engagement things. We're, we're all over them. We're building relationships with them. And we kind of outcast the other ones. Those are the ones that we need to go after. It's the people that walk into your gym and they're in the corner with their, their arms folded. Those are the ones your coaches need to go talk to and get them to feel like they're, they're involved and inside. The, they feel like an outcast. And guess what? They don't feel good when they come to your gym. Who feels good being an outcast in your gym? So your job is to engage them and make them feel like they belong. Because at the end of the day, our entire business is about how we make people feel, right? So we need to do a good job of like looking at these things through the lens of 
if they do the behavior, how do they feel? If they don't do the behavior, then how do they feel? And then how do we work on changing that feeling? So the people that aren't doing referrals and aren't doing reviews are willing to go out there and do those things. So those are the lens to look at your entire business. Your entire business is three things, trial, trial conversion, and attrition. As you set your goals for this year, look through where do we need to improve to get more trials if that's something that's deficient. Where do we need to increase our trial conversion process? And then if attrition is off, what are the areas that we need to fix? Now, me and Dustin are a big fan of not trying to do this all at once. Like maybe take it quarter by quarter. If you know you need to fix your trial conversion percentage or you've got a product problem, go all in on that for at least a quarter, right? Like map out what needs to happen, put in the systems in place, train your team, but don't train your team once. Train your team literally every single week on that until it's where it needs to be. And then you have permission to fix the next thing. Um, and oftentimes for most gyms, the number one area that I think helps all of everything is your product and your trial conversion percentage. So sure. for me, that's like the first place we need to look at because that has the biggest effect on the other two areas of your business. If you have a great product, trial, you're going to get more trials, no matter what. Like you're going to get referrals. You're going to get good word of mouth. When you put out an ad, it's going to work better. Yes. If you have a great product, less people want to cancel, right? So like looking through the lens of let's get the product right. And then the other things get easier. Love all it. right. That's all I got. Like if you guys want me and Dustin to, to put outside eyes on your business, go to gymaudit.com. And we are going to give you a free audit. I'm literally taking an hour out of my day to audit your business. I'm going to unlock at least $50,000 in your business. And if you feel like I didn't, I'll PayPal you 50 bucks. Um, that's, the, that's the guarantee, right? But it is $1 to secure your spot. And if you secure a spot and you don't show up, I'm going to charge you 100 bucks for wasting my time. Uh, because my time is worth 10x uh, $100, right? So it is free. All we ask is that you actually show up. Um, and no, you're not going to get hard pitched and we're not going to sell you at the end of the audit. You're going to see value. And if you want to talk about additional coaching, or you want to talk about the mastermind, more than happy to do that, but I'm not going to hard pitch you. I'm not going to hard sell you. It is meant to be a hundred percent value. Uh, so book that we'll only do a couple every single week right now, uh, because we are really busy. So there is going to be limited spots. So if you want one of those, if you want outside the eyes, go to gymaudit.com book your time, show up, and let us help you find another $50,000 of revenue inside of your business. All right, guys. Well, you heard the man. Do it. Book your call. Get on gymaudit.com, and uh, we'll help you take it to the next level in 2024. See you guys next week. Hey, do you need a sales rep to take care of all of your lead follow-up? Well, that is exactly what we do at Gym Reinforcements. We plug a sales rep into your business to do all of the inbound and outbound lead nurture. I'm talking texts, emails, calls, social media DMs. If you or one of your team members is needing to do that every single day and it is grading, then it's time to head it off to me and my team. So if you want to learn more, go to gymreinforcements.com and we'll be happy to grow your business.